Welcome in, guys. This is the Football Club. Here we're going to mostly cover the EPL and Syria. I'm your host, Joe. Alongside me is the other host, Chris. Chris, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, Joe? Yeah, you know, it's Chris. Um, thanks for the intro, Joe. As he mentioned, I'm the big Chelsea fan here. Joe's a big Napoli guy. The goal for the football podcast is us two Americans is to really cover everything football, stick to both Serie A and the English Premier League, but time from time, jump to other leagues that we might find exciting and things that we find interesting. Um, for sure. I don't know, Joe. How, how far do you say we went back to following soccer? Are you, how did you think it got started with me and you watching soccer? How would you call it? Um, I'll never forget one day after high school, uh, I came over your house and you were watching the uh, Chelsea Bayern Champions League final. I want to say that was 2011, maybe, maybe 2012. I can't remember, but that's actually how I found out that you were into football as well. And, and I started watching in the 06 World Cup. That was my first World Cup. But I would really say to really follow it, number one, uh, watch every week a, a ton of games for about the last two and a half years for me. What about you? How how long have you been an avid fan of football? That's funny because um, the first time I've actually, I guess, watched soccer a little bit was the 2006 World Cup is when I bought, or my, my dad bought the uh, FIFA World Cup game, 2006. And uh, that's when they still had um, CR9 back in the day. So that was, that was way back. But um, The OG R9. <laughs> OG. But more routinely, uh, I think once COVID hit and I was working from home, I had a bunch of time in my hands and I was like, I didn't even know they played soccer during the week. And here I am watching, you know, Champions League soccer during the week, and then I migrate to the weekend. And now every single Chelsea game, I have to, I have to sit down and watch or get some time off and figure it out. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's, it's been fun. And, and I got to admit, for people who don't know, I guess no one knows, but you and I, me and Joe used to go at it against FIFA in the past five years or so. And to be fair, those first four years, I, I would want to say I was probably winning, I don't know, maybe 95% of the game. But as tables has turned, um, Joe, I, I got to give it to you. I, I don't even want to play you anymore because I know you'll probably win. I don't even want to bring it up. But uh, you now have the FIFA crown, so I'll give you that, my friend. Thanks, yeah. It took, a, it took a while, like you said, to build up the skills and hone it in. Back in the day, I only had through balls to et, though. But, yeah, you, you outclassed me, and, and now it's my time to shine in the FIFA realm. Um, but, yeah, definitely transitioning back to real football. I mean, you know what? You were saying soccer. I'm going to call it football. It's a football club, man. Um, I respect the American sides calling it soccer. I'm an American as well, but it's it's football. The football club. I think it makes sense, Joe. And you stop me if I'm wrong. Episode one, let's get it cracking. How about we go through and let's build team of the year. We'll judge it based off performance from the last 12 months going from January 2022 all the way up. We'll include the World Cup and go throughout the World Cup. And let's, let's say let's stop at December, which I guess is the end of the World Cup. How, does that, how did that sound? Sounds good. A lot has happened that time. A lot has happened. A lot of injuries. A lot of guys coming back in injuries. Some players losing form. You got Ronaldo, you know, in form, being the top goal scorer from Man United. And then now he's playing over in uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, you got guys who are being sold for $100 million who were, was playing in South America a couple couple months ago. So yeah, a lot of big changes. Um, nice Chelsea plug there. <laughs> got to throw it in. 
Um, it makes sense. I, I, I guess. How do you, how do you want to do it? Do you want to do you want to do a four four two? Does that does that sound good for you? Let's do a four four two because I've seen other teams out there. Usually people go four three three. Um, it was kind of the year of the attacker, in, in my opinion. So I say let's go four four two. Okay. No, I'm, I agree with that. Um, that being said, I guess it makes sense to start off with the only guy who could use his hands, um, probably the most relatable to American football in that sense. We could start with the goalkeeper. Um, I'll start here first then. My guy, and I know you might be biased to uh, an Italian keeper. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Number one, I got the Brazilian masterclass playing for Man City. I got Ederson as my one. Um, you know, he, he has 20 clean sheets in 37 games last season. He has eight clean sheets in 21 games so far this season. Um, he's a goalkeeper that can also provide assists from time to time. Um, he champions a pretty good squad in Man City. So Ederson's my guy. I'm not mad at that. I don't have Ederson, so I guess we can uh... – debate a little bit and see see what we're going to put on our official team of the year here for 2022. I have Courtois. So Ederson, yes, he's been more consistent than Courtois. And if you look at this since the start of this season and, and this World Cup, Courtois wasn't great. But last season, he was the best goalkeeper in the world. Uh, he won the Champions League. He was incredible. Um, there's other guys we're going to talk about from that Madrid team of last year as well. But I can't not say Courtois with the form he was in last year. Um, some honorable mentions that I guess we probably won't um, decide on since we have two different options here. But as an on, as a honorable mention, I have Allison, also Brazilian from the Prem, but plays for Liverpool. Obviously, he had the most clean sheets in the in the year 2022 calendar year. 29 clean sheets, played well last year, um, finished second in the league. Obviously, they're struggling this year, but I don't think that's really on Allison. The back line has, has really let him down. I would say he's an honorable mention. And one more honorable mention before I see who else you have is Big Mike Magnan. Won the Serie A, was incredible. If he was, in my opinion, if he was healthy and the choice over Lloris, which maybe he wouldn't have been, but if he was, France might have won the World Cup. That dude's incredible. We see how Milan struggles without him. Uh, definitely got to give some love to Big Mike, but overall, my team of the year keeper is definitely Courtois. That's fair. I think um, when you think about what Courtois did for the squad, how he helped finish up and win the Champions League, I think that's a big that's a big asset. Uh, he played in high pressure games. It's just that when I saw consistency from both Ederson and Courtois, I saw Ederson being a little bit more consistent. Um, Courtois played well, but then I'm, you know, Manchester City also won, also won their league, also won the Prem. Courtois, I think he had the benefit of a better attacking side, I would say, when it comes to uh, Benzema up front, winning Ballon d'Or, helps when it comes to goal production. I'll give it to Courtois, given that he won the biggest game and also he won best goalkeeper of the year. So I guess I'll, I will concede with, 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 with you there. Um, the honorable mentions make sense. I'm not going to disagree with those. I guess one honorable mention I would add is maybe I'm biased, so don't laugh at me too here, too hard here, Joe. Is uh, Big Mendy, Edward Mendy for Chelsea. To be fair, um, he did fall off 
and actually got benched during the last half of 2022. But in the first half, he played very strong. He came off a good season, previous season from when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2021. Um, but no, I think Courtois deserves the credit. He played in big games. He got it done. And um, I'm comfortable with Courtois leading my line at goalkeeper. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good, definitely a good starting choice. Uh, Ederson can be the bench keeper for sure because he's a really good keeper. No knock on him there. So let's transition to right back here. I know for me, there's only one guy here. It's got to be Hakimi. What Hakimi was doing in the World Cup to push, like I know it's, it's for the whole year. Let's go to the last month. Just the last month alone, what Hakimi was able to do um, part of the entire Moroccan defense to actually get as far as they did with the lack of quality they had up front was simply amazing. Also, uh, one of their wins with, with, a, with a crucial penalty there, he wasn't always the most consistent maybe in the first couple months of the year with uh, – on last season, I'm sorry, the last uh, few months of the season last season, but the calendar year this year – uh, with PSG, but he's really played well this year for PSG, for this season for PSG, and, and I don't really see any other choice here. What do you, what do you have at right back? No other choice, bro. Okay, well, <laughs> to be fair, Joe, Hakimi was my second choice. I think everything you said I wouldn't agree with. He has the pace, he has speed, he gets goals, he gets assists, and he did play very phenomenal in the World Cup. But when I'm talking world-class right back, I'm talking someone who can – fly the pitch, get you assist, fly back, play defense, even come in and play as a third center back and a back three of center back, like a, let's say a Kyle Walker. My main guy has to be Reese James. Um, again, bias, given I'm a Chelsea fan, be looking at the stats. I think stats-wise, Reese James comes up a little bit on top. Um, if you include the full season of last season, of 2021 to 2022, you had five goals, nine assists in 26 games. Compare that to Hakimi's stats of four goals and six assists in 32 games. You can say that Reese James probably plays in the tougher league, being the Premier League. Um, this season, he has been a little bit slow. He only has played in nine, uh, nine matches, given, given some injury problems. And he couldn't play in the World Cup, given how much before he was injured. But when I'm thinking of a player who puts the most fear in an attacker's heart, given that he makes the attacker track back and play defense. And you got to think about it when, when Romelu Lukaku was playing at his best for Chelsea, yeah, you had Ben Chilwell healthy, but you also had Reese James healthy providing assists as well. And I think what Reese James gives on the pitch, he's clearly the best right back in England, um, the right back in the Premier League, I would say. I just think when it comes to Hakimi, he does a little bit more on the defensive end even if they're probably somewhat equal in the attacking end. So I would give it to Reese James. All right. Here's what I'll say. I, I get where you – I knew you were going to go, and I'm glad you mentioned the Chelsea bias. Uh, like you said earlier, you're the, you bleed Chelsea blue, and, and I be, bleed Napoli blue. Uh, but here's the thing. To me, Reese James is the best right back in the world as terms of class. I just think for the year, being a World Cup year and missing out – to represent your country that honestly disappointed they, they didn't live up to it and it's not entirely his fault he was injured but I think that let down hurt him a little bit and that's why I put Hakimi over because of how well Morocco really played I do agree that Reese James is a little bit of a better player uh, but 
when you break down the stats and everything, uh, he had a better year overall. I, I would give it to you. I could say we could put Reese James there. Just really disappointed that he wasn't able to play, even though Trippier stepped in and played very well for England uh, in his replacement. That's a fair point, Joe, is because um, as, as we've seen with this transfer window, we can talk about this in a different segment. Uh, players are made or players were made during this World Cup when it comes to big transfers, whether it's Cody Gakpo or whether it was Enzo Fernandez, uh, whether it's uh, Vekhorst on the Dutch when going to Manchester United. The World Cup is definitely your stage to shine, and Reese James not having that chance to play was it was telling. But I guess when you think about the injuries, maybe Reese James being injured was, was – some of that has to be due to the reliance that Chelsea needed him for. When you think about Chelsea's squad, they have Cesar Aspilicueta, who plays backup right back. But given that James was used so much because they couldn't rely on someone else, I think it talks to about his reliability and his need to be in the squad. But nevertheless, I think I, I think Hakeem is a great player. Um, I look forward for the chances where they can compete on the same pitch, maybe in the Champions League at some point. Um, but yeah, the, thank you for giving that concession. I, I do think Reese James is just a step ahead. But um, maybe next year during this segment, we'll uh, we'll see where that ends up. Um, I guess it makes sense. We can switch it to the other side, go to left back. I think we're going to agree here. But um, who you got, JB? Tail, you know I got Tail Hernandez. Is there anybody else? Is there really anybody else? Uh, one Syria played phenomenal. Um, on club on the club level, he really did everything for them. He he attacked forward. He scored penalties. He he did everything. He defended. I I think Big Mike definitely was more important on that back line as we could see this year in the struggles. And, and Tail hasn't had a great start to 2023, but since it's 2022, he gets all the love. Even for the country in the World Cup, last last minute he had to step in for his brother who was injured. He played very well. I know a lot of people criticized him on getting back on a uh, on, on defense in some transitions, but man, what he was able to pull on that left side with Kylian Mbappe, I don't even have an honorable mention here. It, for me, it's Taylor Hernandez through and through. I think my honorable mention was uh, Ivan Perisic, given how he's coming to Tottenham and played well for them, and how. Um... Furthermore, what he he played pretty well with Croatia. But you're right. Teo has just been the staple left back. I think if you could craft a left back, it would kind of be him, right, given his height, the pace, the skills. Um, not much more needs, needs to be said there. I think he does his job through and through. Uh, you're right. He has, he has had a slow start to this season. But you caveat with that his, uh, you caveat with his performance in the World Cup, which made up for that. Um, I think at one point, to be fair, I think Ben Chilwell has had a really good start at the beginning of last season, and if he wouldn't have got injured, he might have given Theo some competition there, given that their stats are somewhat similar. But you're right. Theo Hernandez has just been through and through, left back, pick number one on any squad, I would say. So what are your thoughts on center back? Let's transition over. We got obviously two center backs. Um, you take the first one, I'll take the second one. Okay. First center back, and I'll preface this by what he means to the club, um, his performances, he put on the national team, just an overall consistent player, probably the most consistent player in the Premier League, minus Kevin De Bruyne, but probably one of the most consistent defenders who's been healthy and been fit, I would give it to Thiago Silva. Um, 
He's been, he's been a mainstay in that Chelsea team. I think at 38 years young, he has played the most minutes. Um, he's been the most, the most consistent starter. He does everything you need to be. And also he mentors the younger talent. That's why I got plugged in one of my center back spots. But correct me, I could be wrong. Who, who you got, JB? So it's funny, uh, real quick about Teo. He's he, um, Tiago Silva. He's one of my CBs as well. I, I had him on my list as one of my center backs. That was the only Chelsea guy I was going to go with. You've mentioned a Chelsea player every position so far, uh, which is definitely the uh, bleeding uh, Chelsea blue for sure. But yeah, no, no, definitely no complaints there. I mean, like you said, 38, what he's able to do at 38 years old, he deserves his flowers. That was the easy one for me. The second center back's a little tricky. I have a lot of guys here and a lot of honorable mentions, but the one I'm going to give it to is Eder Militao. He won the Champions League. He played well, for really well for Madrid all year. Um, played pretty good for a country um, when he got the opportunities, but I think it's got to be Eder Militao. Slightly over VVD, who I has, have as my number one honorable mention here. That's fair. I was thinking Virgil van Dijk, and I think I was thinking more about him because of the name, because what he's known to do historically. I think he had some fitness problems. Um, I think it was at the beginning of this year or last year as he was coming back from an ACL tear. Liverpool played okay, not great. I thought what van Dijk did for his country in the World Cup was okay. I didn't really see a stellar performance. I didn't really see that Rolls-Royce center back that you want to see. And then next, I'm thinking about Marquinhos and what he did. And Marquinhos, he was good. He wasn't really great. Um, my pick was Antonio Rudiger. Um, again, lo and behold, a little bit of bias there. But then when I think about it, I'm thinking more about what Antonio Rudiger did in the season prior. Um, that being said, Adam Militao, I'm comfortable with the decision, given that what, is, what he did for club, how they won the Champions League. He played well. He was consistent. Um, but to be fair, Joe, I think this speaks to maybe a lack of a lack of depth and a lack of, a lack of true world-class talent at center back at the moment. Um, so that could be something. That's a good point. Um, I really wanted to go VVD. You mentioned him. Uh, that would have been your choice along with Rudiger. Um, he won two titles. He won the FA Cup. He won the uh, Carab Carabao Cup, but he, he came up short in the Prem, um, second place. Came up short in, in the uh, Champions League final, and Militao played well, so that's why I have him as a choice there. One other honorable mention I'll say, um, it, it's kind of going off of what you just said about there isn't really that many world-class center backs in form. Well, that usually means it's time for another center back to step up, a young guy, somebody to really take the world by storm. And I think we saw that with Vardiol. So Vardiol was my center back of the World Cup. He was incredible. He played well. He's super young, and, and it was kind of his coming out party to the world. Uh, but he also did a little bit more than just play well in the World Cup. He's been very good for Leipzig. He helped them along with future Chelsea man in Cuckoo. Helped them, helped them won their first major trophy in a tournament I've never heard of because uh, I don't watch too much Bundesliga, but they did win the title in the DFP Pokal Cup. Uh, so good for them. They're going to be in the Champions League again. Uh, obviously, they are. They, uh, they, they finished third last year, and they're doing pretty good this year. And the kid was so good that 
he's probably going to be on a better team next year. Uh, you talked about a lot of guys that were kind of poached after this World Cup, uh, especially the big one being Enzo um, Fernandez to Chelsea for 120 million pounds or more. But I think in the summer, the real, real big money from this World Cup besides Enzo is going to go to Vardio. He's going to get a huge deal. He's going to get poached. I don't have him as my team of the year center back, but it's a really close honorable mention. And maybe when he's on Madrid next year, he'll be on he'll be on the list. So I think I'm sticking Eder Militao here, but if you think it's one of the other guys, we can make a change. Now, Matt, you mentioned that. I think Eder Militao is fine. I think, to your point, got a lot of good guys coming up in the ranks. Um, You know, Van Dyke, Marquinhos, they've been there. Probably haven't been as world-class as you would like to see. And I will hear your Gerardial for the up-and-comer, I guess up-and-comer award. And I'll also throw it back at you, because he plays in your league of choice, Milan Skriniar, plays in your league of choice for now. Milan Skriniar didn't go to the World Cup because his team didn't qualify, but another name who has been playing for a while and getting more and more praise, as you could say, um, I would say Inter kind of fumbled the bag, letting him go to PSG on a free for the summer, but it will be interesting to see how Skriniar plays in that PSG system. They've, they're, they're playing a back three now. We'll see how they'll play for next season, but... Um, Definitely want to see Gavardio play more. Maybe go somewhere else if he has to. But um, I think we got some center backs who could be coming up in the ranks over the next couple months or years. So it definitely will be fun to see. For sure. So what actually happened with that was his contract is expiring in the summer. They they didn't want to pay terms for January. So that's kind of how it had to work out. But definitely unfortunate for the Serie A side to not bring back at least something for that level of center back. It's, it's a little disappointed. Uh, once again, I think a Syria fumbles a, and I love my league, but we, we tend to fumble when it comes to the transfer market, for sure. We play for the badge. We bleed on the pitch. We play good. Uh, but when it comes to the transfer market, sometimes there's those errors. So do you want to go up to left mid here, or do you want to jump back to the right side? Let's start left. Who you got? You already know. I'm going Rafael Leal. We're talking 2022. Maybe he's getting benched right now. Maybe he's a sub right now. But 2022, oh, my God. Serie A player of the year. He won the Scudetto with Milan for the first time since Andre Pirlo played there. He was really, really good. Uh, He was good all year last year. He was he's coveted by or he was coveted by Chelsea and so now you guys got Mudrik. Um, he's coveted by top clubs for a reason. He's gonna be over a hundred million euro man. Whenever he got an opportunity in the World Cup, he played well. Uh, he came in, scored instant goals. He, really, maybe if he was starting in and Jao was on the bench more, uh, they would have kept playing. Maybe they would have went further in the tournament. Maybe they would have won the tournament if they would have started Rafael Leal. Rafael Leal was the best left winger in the world in 2022 slightly better than other guys that of course i know you're going to name so i'll let you name them uh but i gotta give rafael layout the shout out here that's fair i think he was um my fourth third album mentioned so i had mbappe um but here and that i guess we can move him to striker so i'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing mbappe's praises right now i thought what layout did was great he was a key focal point to Milan. He was a key focal point to the Portuguese squad. Um, 
I'm really shocked you missed this. And my left mid, maybe he could be considered a striker, but I'm thinking about how he pairs up against Leal. They both play the same position as like a flying in winger. Maybe they could play as like a top two if they need to be. Kind of South Korea, Kung Min Sun, left mid. He shared the golden boot praise with, I believe it was most solid last year, having 23 goals all of last season. He's been slow to start this season, so I would take that uh, knock against him. He has four goals in 20 matches this season. And during the World Cup, um, I don't think he was even the best player for his team. What do you think of somebody who played so well during the first half of last year, someone who still puts fear in the opposing right back? I would say has more class than they are at this point, probably not in as good of a form. But when I'm comparing them side by side, I'm looking at Leal, who had 11 goals in last season, eight goals so far this season, so four more than Human Son. But Human Son still has three assists. I got to say, just if I want to have one game and I need one player to play, at this point, I'm going Human Son. Maybe in two or three years, maybe even in a year, Joe, I'm going Rafael Leal. At this point, when I'm thinking about maybe the Premier League being somewhat of a tougher league, scoring 23 goals is very impressive. Um, I, I would say Kuhlman Song barely outnudges Leal. Other honorable mentions I got are Neymar, um, and I got Di Maria, who could kind of play left and right. All right, I'm going to jump in here. I know you said uh, Son, and he did share that with uh, Mo Salah. He had a great year. But you always mention this, especially when it comes to Tottenham. I know we're not talking about transfers right now, but you always say the problem with Tottenham is they don't win trophies. What do they win? What did Hume Son win? He didn't win anything. <laughs> so he was great. Here's what I'll say. Uh, you make a good point. I love Syria. It's, to me, the number two league in the world right now. Um, I know a lot of... Uh, Madrid and, and Barca and uh, Bayern Munich and PSG boys are probably upset at me right now, but pound for pound, Serie A is the number two in the league, in the world. Uh, the best league in the world, like you said, is the Prem. I don't think last year the best Prem left side player was Son. Maybe statistically, but I'm going with the guy that was runner up in the Ballon d'Or. I'm going for Sadio Mane if I'm going Prem sides because number two in the Ballon d'Or, uh, how, how he played last year. But even more than, and I know this is a a 2022 uh, thing, but look how bad Liverpool's looked without him. They replaced him. They got they got Nunez. They they got all these other guys. Um, Diaz should have been playing better, uh, but they're terrible. They are really bad. And you did mention Mo Salah. He's really bad without Sadio Mane on the other side. I would cons- I, I would concede the layout. Uh, Maybe not team of the year yet to you, but I think if it's not him, it might have to be Sadio Mane. We got to talk about Vinny Jr. too, how good he was uh, winning the uh, Champions League. I just don't think he was the the best best, but definitely honorable mention. I think um, Son can be honorable mention, but what do you think about possibly Sadio Mane in that spot? It's funny. While I was compiling this list, you know, sometimes it's hard to go off straight stats. And I was looking at Saturday mind. I was looking at what he did stats-wise because I've watched him play, and I thought he played really well. Um, stats-wise, they're, they're good. Um, 11, uh, 16 goals and two assists all of last season for Liverpool, followed by five goals in 13 matches. Um, I'm sorry, followed by um, 
six goals and 14 matches this season with Bayern Munich. To your point, yeah, I think the best way to judge them is looking at Liverpool now versus what they lost. I think with Liverpool, it's more than that. I think their midfield is getting old. Most solid and having their struggles. Their striker has been kind of kept on the back of the net. Um, when I think about Sadio Mane, or, uh, to be fair, I think I'd rather want Leal over Sadio Mane, given the energy he provides. So that being the case, you make a good point if you make song kind of not winning, not winning any titles, um, and also kind of having a slow start or really no start this year. I think, to be fair, three out of his four goals this year came in one game. It was the second half hat trick, I believe. He got benched the first half. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. Maybe he just was uh, playing lazy or something the game before or in practice. I, I don't remember why he got benched, but I remember he came in and scored a hat trick in about 25 minutes, 30 minutes. So definitely world-class player, world-class talent. Um, but kind of how you said how Leal is a little inconsistent, and we're really seeing that right now. Um, Sean, for a guy who I believe is 28, 29 years old, is being that inconsistent this year is a little more worrisome. And to your but point, um, for one of, yeah, I have a, a problem. Sounds great. Yeah, and to your point with Leal, maybe you give him a more, I would say, complete attacking team like a Liverpool, or like a Bayern Munich, and maybe you could put up similar numbers like a Sadio Mane. Um, but for Leal, I like that pick. Somebody's got to go on the list. There's a lot of options at that position, but I'm glad we oh, got another Syria, Syria boy on the list. I'll give it to you. Um, now, going from – let's go to the right side. I think we're all going to agree here. But uh, who, who you got, JB? The GOAT. It's Messi. It's obviously no one else than Messi. Um, wow. What a World Cup he had. Honestly, even for PSG, um, he started off slow when he first got there. He, he's put it together. He, he's, uh, he's been the class of the team. Uh, it seemed that any time there was a little bit of a uh, – a little, a little bit of uh, a tension between Neymar and Mbappe. Messi was the guy, the cool, calm-headed guy to, to put it together and make them win. They also play in a farmer's league, so uh, I'm not going to disrespect the uh, legal owners at the farmer's league, but they play in uh, the worst of the top five leagues, in my opinion. So I'm not really too concerned about his legacy club-wise with PSG. Um, I think winning them a Champions League at some point before retires will – be even better but this winter we saw him win the world cup we saw him solidify himself as the greatest player of all time he's passed Pele he's passed Maradona he's passed CR7 he's passed Zidane he's passed all these great players it is messy a lot of that had to do what we saw this year really nothing else needs to be said uh he was incredible I have zero honorable mentions here honorable mentions the only one I have was Mo Salah but he had a slow start to the season he didn't win the world cup he didn't win the African Cup of Nations um, yeah, and I think conversely, you saw what could have been avoided if a player does well in the World Cup. Because I remember before the World Cup, there was chatter about maybe Messi coming to the States, Messi coming to the MLS, uh, playing in, I think it was Miami FC. I think they said Beckham was trying to court him over. Into Miami. Into Miami. Into Miami FC. Into Miami FC or into Miami? Uh, into Miami was trying to court him. <laughs> um, even maybe at some point, there was rumors of him going to following Ronaldo and going to Saudi Arabia, but you're right. He played that class during the World Cup. I think he scored in almost every goal. Um, yeah, 
Not more needs to be said. He's probably the best player on this list. He probably will be the best player on any list. Um, Messi is the right mid of probably the team of the world. Team of the I don't know. Team of the decade. Team team of the what? Honestly, he's he's a superhero. He's on the superhero. He's on the uh, what? What? He's on the monster team. Uh, team of the all timers for sure. Team of the all timers. I give you that. Okay, now uh, mid positions. I'll start this off. It was a tough choice because it's like, do you want an attacking mid, a defensive mid? Um, I kind of wanted someone who kind of does a little bit of everything, but kind of leans to maybe the number number eight role, maybe not as much box-to-box, but kind of gets, gets passes in. I got Kevin De Bruyne, Manchester City. Um, I mean, you've seen how he plays when he has someone like um, Erling Holland. He can just feed passes through Erling Holland and get them loads of goals. He's been very consistent. And I think really what you see in De Bruyne is that you never see a bad game. Um, Manchester City, they lost this past week to Tottenham. I think some of that is because De Bruyne didn't start. Um, De Bruyne's been very consistent, like I said, and that's that's who I got, at least one of my center mid positions. But who you got, JB? So I don't actually – De Bruyne's my number one honorable mention. I don't have him on my list. I'll accept it because I think he's the best midfielder in the world right now. But if we're going off of last year and everything in impact, and I know you're going to – you might roast me for this, but uh, I, since I mentioned the, the cats out the back, I'll mention the two, but I'll tell you my main one that I want on the list. I had uh, Luka Modric and Casemiro. I'm going to say the one that needs to be on there definitely is Modric, though. Uh, for me, it's a no-brainer. He won the Champions League. He pulled Croatia to another World Cup semis along with Vardio. We mentioned earlier, you mentioned Perisic. Croatia played well, very well. Um, But even more important than what he's accomplished, his work rate at 37 years old is defying the wonders of football. It's amazing. He's defying father time. He, He literally can run for 90 minutes straight. Can't believe it. What was that? <laughs> no, I think Casemiro is great. Uh, I didn't want to correct you. He's only 30. So um, I think it's fair to Luka say. Oh, no, Luka Modric. Luka Modric. You're right. I would take Casemiro out for uh, KDB for sure. Um, but I think if one of my guys has to stay, it's Luka Modric. What he was able to do is just insane. Um, no, that's fair. Luka, I think Luka's... there's an argument, but. No argument to be had for Luca. Luca's also in my position right there. I think, um, given what he's won, given how he maybe single-handedly carried that Croatian team. I know you had other good guys in there like Kovacic and um, Paris, which I mentioned earlier. But Modric is definitely the center mid of you could build one. Not really that 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 athletically, I guess, enchanting of a player, but he does all the things need to be consistent. He captains his team. He does very well. Um, I had Casemiro as an honorable mention. What Casemiro does on the defensive side of the ball is very crucial to the team, and he also kind of can stretch the game and give passes too. But when I'm comparing Casemiro and Kevin De Bruyne, they're two different type of players. And if I were to have – I guess if I were to have Luka Modric on my team, I would want Casemiro to be more defensive. Um, but Kevin De Bruyne had just, you know, 15 goals last season, eight assists last season – only three goals this season, but 11 assists this season so far. 
what he's done for that team, how he anchors that Manchester City team. I feel like Real Madrid, they lose Casemiro. They start to struggle this season. I think Manchester City, if they lose the Bruyne, I think they're out of the top four. Um, just what he means to the team. To be fair, though, during the World Cup, De Bruyne really didn't show up. I mean, he wasn't the only one not showing up when you think about Big Rom. Um, but De Bruyne is just, when I think about class, 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 he's been doing it for years. He keeps doing it. He's consistent. I have him edging over Casemiro slightly, but I'm also a fan of Casemiro as well. So I have a question for you, and it's kind of a tough one because if if we did a 4-3-3, it would, it would be a non-issue because all three of them would be in there. Um but and you mentioned how Madrid has looked after losing Casemiro. Look how much um, Man City. I'm sorry, how much uh, Manchester United has improved. It's been night and day uh, with Casemiro, and I was a little critical of him at first. But uh, you reminded me of the banger that he hit uh, to beat your Chelsea. Uh, but especially since the World Cup and everything that they had had to endure um, as a club, he seemed to be the glue there. My thing is. If you took Casemiro off of Manchester United right now and you took KDB off of Man City and you plugged in, let's say, Bernardo Silva, who's probably going to be out of there uh, soon, but into that KDB role, I think Manchester United would suffer a lot more, even though I think KDB is the better player and Casemiro had the better World Cup. So I kind of want your thoughts on that, like who's more valuable to their team right now. That's a good point. I'm looking at Manchester City. I'm looking at, besides Kevin De Bruyne, you got Bernardo Silva, who you mentioned. You also got Ilkay Gundogan, who's a pretty top-class player. Um, and you got really strong wingers, and Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden, who can carry the ball. Um, you also have Rodri, who could still play very well in the midfield there. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe if they lost Kevin De Bruyne, they're probably less of a struggle, given that they have other guys who can play that position. Your point Manchester City, they have Casemiro who can play that six. Fred is quality, maybe not class. But at the same time, when I think about the revival of Manchester United this year, when you really think about the revival, Joe, you think about what, who is the most important player on Manchester City right now, you would say that's Casemiro. Well, I would say that's Marcus Rashford. He scored so many goals. Um, he's really been carrying this team. No discredit to Casemiro, but you also think about um, Christian Eriksen, who they also have playing in midfield, who also has been playing really good dividends. I think if they lost Casemiro, they'd be struggling, but not as much as if Manchester City lost Kevin Bruyne. But it's, it's a very tough argument. And you know what? We'll see this weekend because Casemiro picked up a red card last game, so he won't be able to play this, this weekend. So we'll see how Manchester United gets through without Casemiro. We'll kind of... We will we will put your hypothesis hypothesis to the test of it and see how it plays out. What a terrible call, by the way. What a horrible decision. He gets the red in that. Come on, <laughs> that was that was brutal. Um, I agree. I, I think you have a really good Rashford is definitely the sole team. Um, if it be Luka Modric and KDB, it's definitely Casemiro's honorable mention number one. The only other honorable mention here, and then we'll get right to striker because I think the, the midfield's uh, solidified, and you mentioned him, will be Rodri. Uh, Rodri was incredible for City after Casemiro, and I think he's the best. Honestly, after Casemiro, he's the best player in the league at that position, even better than Declan Rice. Um, I would say he definitely gets, needs a little bit of praise, but he's not cracking that Luka Modric KDB level for sure. Um 
So since here's the best part about a 4-4-2, we get to go two strikers here. You mentioned one of them when uh, you had him on your left. You kind of gave that away, but you moved to striker. So let's hear your first striker. To be fair, my only other honorable mention for center mid would be Jude Bellingham. Um, he actually captains Dortmund now, and he means a lot to the a lot to the squad. I think he'll be the biggest move this summer. We'll see. But striker, I think I, I think this is where we're going to agree on both players. Um, starting off, I got Erling Holland, the golden boy. Um, he's been playing really well, as we've all seen. <laughs> he's been doing his thing up top. Um, I mean, I know you got Mbappe, and Mbappe played really well, very well in the World Cup. Holland didn't make the World Cup, and it's just been night and day. Holland is going to break the Premier League record of goals. I think he already has 25 goals in the Prem alone through about 20 games. Um, he's been a force to reckon with. He's been able to get link-up play from Ederson, link-up play from De Bruyne, link-up play from Mahrez, link-up play from Jack Grealish. I think he makes the whole team better. There's instances like last week where he didn't get any touches or shots. He didn't get any touches in the uh, in the 18-yard box and get any shots on goal. So he'll have those games or two. But when you think about someone you can build around, you think about the perfect striker. I got to get there on Holland. Um, that's my that's my that that's my first striker. But I'll stop there and uh, hear you out. That's your Fabrizio Romano take. I know he says he always takes Holland no matter what. Um, Holland's the best young player in the world, in my opinion. I'd rather have Holland than anybody, but we're going off of 2022. Holland's not a top two striker to me. I, I don't. I, I want to see argument here. So I have Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe, who had um, 56 calendar year goals, carried carried France heavy in that World Cup final when I think there was a bug going on or something. Uh, people weren't at full fitness. Um, and he really, really gave Messi a run for his money here. And if it wasn't for that Emmy Martinez save, he would have won a World Cup at 23 years old, I believe Mbappe is. But there's going to be no argument on that side because we got two strikers. I think where you would t- – or maybe you're going to take out this guy, but I think the other one has to be Karim Benzema. Won the Ballon d'Or, clutched up in the in the Champions League, and I guess it's kind of like an argument on which half of the year do you like better because we can take away Holland's first half of the year when he was in the Bundesliga. Uh, but his since he got to the Prem, you're right, he's been the best player in the world, But and Benzema's been injured. But if we go to that first half of the year, 2022, Benzema was really the best striker in the world, um, and that's why he won the Ballon d'Or. But he's missed almost what feels like half a season and missed the World Cup. So I guess him and Holland both had the World Cup. Who do you value more? Holland or Benzema in the 2022 year? That's a good point. And I, I think that, that was, that had, had Mbappe as a left mid. And when I think about goals scored, I think Holland so far this, this second half of, of last year has 31 goals scored. I know in Dortmund he had some injury fitness during the end of the season, so he was out a couple games. It, it, it's tough because you think about I guess the strikers of the future and the strikers of the past. I can't say Benzema didn't deserve to win the ball in Dior because he played very well. He was, he scored some really clutch goals, especially some clutch goals against my own team, Chelsea. And you, you really can't take out Mbappe. But if I were to have a team and I got to go up 
and I got to fight aliens to live. That's a weird thing to think. And if I want two strikers out of those three, I got to go Holland and Mbappe. Um, it's just, I think Holland puts a different fear in a defender's mind than a Benzema. Benzema plays very well, and I think, I, I, okay, I think what makes Benzema so well is that he can play in any type of system, and he can score goals from outside the box, inside the box. He has that pedigree to be able to do it all. And I guess with Holland, I have more fear that he might have a game or two where he goes missing. But when I think about overall skill and quality, I got I to gotta go Holland and Mbappe. It's, that's, it's such a tough one, right? I really wish we had three positions here. So I, I definitely Mbappe is 100%. I can see the early Holland because he's just a force. Like Benzema missed the World Cup. Benzema missed most of the season. Uh, I will say he's definitely a little more crafty, like he'll trick, uh, even when he tricked the, the keeper into, you know, rolling in the ball for, for a tapping goal. Uh, he's definitely more crafty, can make something out of nothing better than Holland. But, yeah, I'm taking Holland 10 times out of 10 if I'm building my own team. I do feel for Benzema because it's uh, the year 2022. Like, this is, would be his last chance uh, to really be the class of the world at striker. I will say, I know we're not, we're just doing a, a starting 11. If there's Benzema's not in there. He is the top and the highest honorable mention, I think, of the entire list in that situation. But I think you're right. I think it's killing Mbappe, uh, and we can definitely go early in Holland. Nothing, nothing to argue against Holland. Holland's a beast. Is there any other besides Benzema honorable mentions that you have there? I guess the only other honorable mention, I got, I got a couple, but – the reason why another reason why I can't have Benzema in that in that top two is as well he's been as well as he's he's been I guess when you think about all of last season to win the Ballon d'Or this season so far has probably been the second best striker in in Spain behind um, Robert Lewandowski and Robert Lewandowski in my honorable mentions given that he already has 14 goals and 17 matches this season Barcelona I think is five points ahead of Real Madrid at this point. Another honorable mention would be CR7. Mainly what he did in the first half, or I guess the second half of last season, how he led Manchester United in goals. I think he had 20 Mainly or goals. only? <laughs> he led Manchester United in goals last season with, I think, 22 or so goals. Uh, he had a fall this year, so that's one thing why he's kind of in my honorable, honorable, honorable mention. My next honorable mention would be Harry Kane. He's had a really good start to this season. He still leads the line for Tottenham. He just became the leading goal scorer in Tottenham history this uh, this past weekend. And Harry Kane, you watch him, he's still consistent. I mean, he did miss that first, that second penalty kick um, in England to kind of get them knocked out of the World Cup. But besides that, very consistent striker. Against a keeper that hasn't blocked a pen since high school. Oof. That was a tough miss. That was a tough miss, but he's done very well in the season. He kind of holds Tottenham together. Um, so, so those are my honorable mentions. I got one for you to wrap up this team here, and I think it's time to pay homage uh, to another Serie A legend uh, and also a Prem legend in, in his own right. I'm going to honorable mention of Olivier Drew. Won the Serie A last year. He stepped up big time. Uh, if you remember the year prior, um, Ibrahimovic was playing very well. He escaped. Uh, 
MLS came back to Europe and played incredible. Uh, when he got injured, had to get surgery. Olivier Giroud stepped right in, was phenomenal. A big reason why uh, Milan won the Serie A, won the Scudetto. He also became France's top scorer during the World Cup. And think of all the, the great French players in history. It's, it's endless. Like you know, Thierry Henry, uh, Platini, it, it just keeps going and going. There's all these guys. Um, but he's number one. Like Olivier Giroud is the top French scorer in history. I don't know how long that's going to last with Mbappe uh, at his pace right now, but I think he deserves his flowers. Definitely not maybe top three or four striker in the world for the 2022 season, but I had to give him a little shout out, a little bit of love for Olivier Giroud. Um, I think that's a really good team. You want to break down the team one more time? The final list we have? Got it. So we got Courtois, a keeper. Right back, Reese James, left back, Teo. Center backs, we got a pairing of Thiago Silva at a Militao. Left mid, I gave you this one. We went with Leal. Right mid, the GOAT. Center mid, we got Luka Modric. And then we got Kevin De Bruyne. Can we, I guess, can we agree on Kevin De Bruyne right there? Fair. Yeah, no arguments. Strikers, we got. I would say we'll still split because I, I keep thinking of them and he does deserve his flowers, but we'll go with Mbappe and we'll go Holland. That's, that's a pretty Benzema good Benzema's the top of the honorable. That's his 12th man. Super sub. Super sub. First guy first guy coming off the bench. If he goes to pen, he's taking a pen. Honestly, if it's, if it's the 35th minute and we get a pen, I might got to put I might gotta put Benzema on, to be fair. Um, I think well done, Chris. It's a pretty good well, squad. We'll see how it turns out. It is. I think it's a very good team. We'll see how it ends up um, maybe next year this time. But switching up, um, I mean, I know you're a Napoli guy. They've been playing really well. They've been playing dominating the Serie A. We can say that they won 3-0. Pretty good game, even though one of the goals. For last year, they all deserve their flowers. I think we nailed it. I think we knocked out the park. A great 4-4-2 team we have here for the team of the year. Um, just want to say welcome, guys. Like, this was episode number one. We plan on keep going. We plan on going strong. I know this was kind of like a a startup with uh, pay homage to the best players of the year and a team, but we are going to dive deep into the EPL. We're going to dive deep into Serie A, all the European competitions, and just be uh, your source of the American perspective to uh, football. Any final thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I'll echo what you said, JB. Thanks for listening to us. Um, it's been a long time in the making. I'm excited. Uh, can't wait to bring you our perspectives, our highlights, our thoughts. And um, it'll be a fun ride, folks. So stay tuned. See you next time.